Willow, oh, I want to get closer. Willow, I am so pumped to be with you all because God is doing amazing things in this church. If you don't believe it, it's time to start believing it. God wants to move and all he needs is some willing people. So I'm honored to be a part of the team that gets to come alongside you and what God's doing in your life. I hope you're excited. And I hope you're also expectant on this Mother's Day. In fact, all you moms out there, happy Mother's Day. From my home to yours, I wish you happy Mother's Day. But we get to open God's word together, and I hope you're coming extremely expectant because God speaks through his word. If you have your Bibles, turn to Ephesians chapter 3. Let's do it. Ephesians chapter 3. <laughs> oh, here we go. You ready? Perfect, because Paul praise in Ephesians chapter 3 beginning in verse 14. For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Heavenly Father, I pray, and I even consider all the people watching from their homes. Lord, I pray for them right now that by your spirit, you would open them up so that you could answer Paul's prayer in them. God, would you strengthen us with power in our inner being? We need that. We don't need strength. We don't need to look like we're strong on our outside. We need your strength. So, Lord, would you do that thing in us, we pray. Amen. What a powerful prayer. What a powerful prayer specifically encouraging us towards standing strong in this shaken world. Have you noticed this world, this season is kind of nuts? In fact, I feel like one minute I'm feeling surprising joy and then seconds later feeling just an overwhelming sadness and grief. If that's you, you're not crazy. In fact, a friend of mine looked at me recently and said, hey, emotions are not something just to be overcome. They're something to be learned from. And so whatever emotion you're coming to this message, tired, exhausted, overwhelmed, stressed, Whatever it is, I love that God wants to meet us precisely where we're at, and he wants to use precisely where we're at to break us open. See, because I've realized with breaking points, that either we find ourselves broken down or broken open, he'll use everything that we go through. In fact, it was a few months ago that I was teaching with you all, and I was teaching specifically, and God had convicted me on what to do with my anger. It was during our All the Things series. And what do I do about my anger or even my annoyance? And it's kind of appropriate on this Mother's Day because at times kids can, you know, bring out the best in us and sometimes the worst. What do we do with even anger and annoyance? If God wants to use everything, what is he going to do with this? And he taught me through that message to do something, to specifically, hopefully in the moment, but usually it's after, to step back and then thank God for the hard moment and then ask God, what do you want to reveal about me? And it's an easy prayer to do with your kids because in a sense you get to say, okay, my, this, my kids can sometimes annoy and so I want to go to my heavenly father and say, what do you want to teach me about myself? And he always reveals profound truth. I mean, even we walked out of a bowling alley not too long ago and I was waiting for my little boy to look at me and say, thanks, mom. 
for taking time out of your busy schedule and just giving this so generously to me and giving your time, energy. Nope, instead he just said, more. And then he had a tantrum. <laughs> and I remember stepping back, this was hours later, and I said, God, oh, that was a hard moment. What do you want to reveal about me? Because the truth is, everything I go through, anything that comes out, emotions, anything you're going through, God wants to use to break you open and reveal something about you. And in that moment, God taught me, oh, my girl, you're not content either. And I realized how it had been a while since I was even thankful. In fact, it was about a month ago, just before all the quarantine, I was angry about something else and really annoyed. I was at a vision fundraiser dinner, and a woman at my table was a food hoarder. I know. And she just started grabbing food and putting it in her purse in the middle of the fundraising dinner. And she was at my table, and I was trying not to be distracted, and I'm having this moment, and, but trying to listen to the guy. The guy stood up to give the speech at the Vision Dinner fundraiser, right? And so we're all supposed to pay attention to the main event, and there she is just packing anything at the table quickly into her purse. And what made me even a little more frustrated, no one could tell except for, of course, me, she would go to another table, and she walked in front of the guy who was speaking and giving the Vision Again, about to ask for money. And she walked right in front of him, distracted the whole room, and just went to go grab some bread from that table to put in her purse. And I remember I was so frustrated. And it wasn't until an hour later I got in the car. I said, all right, God, let's get creative. I'm going to say it. Thank you for her. What do you want to reveal about me? And as I sat there quietly, he used even that moment. He used my anger and my frustration. He said, oh, my girl how often I'm speaking through his word. He's constantly speaking, and I, just like that woman, sit at the table, and I try to get nuggets, Instagrammable quotes. I want to grab little things while the main event is right here, friends. And we have the main event right in front of us, wanting to speak truth, and I don't want to interrupt you with anything except for that. So let's jump into Paul's prayer in Ephesians chapter 3. Here's a little context. The first three chapters of six in the book of Ephesians, Paul's giving truth. He says, here's what's true about you, Christian. If you are in Christ, this is what's true about you. You are this, 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 this. And then he spends the last three chapters, four, five, and six, saying, now live like it's true because it is. So he starts with what's true, what we can believe, and then he ends with Here's how to act. And right in the middle, I love it, because Paul prays because he understands the very thing I understand standing before you, and it's this. He can't change them. He can tell them the truth, and he can want them to make good choices, but he can't change them, so he prays, because he knows God can. And it's why we pray at the start of any of our messages. See, I can give you the truth, and I can want your life to be transformed, but the truth is I don't have that power. That's why we pray. And here's specifically what he prayed for. And he had a faith because he believed God could answer that prayer. He prays for this. Verse 16, I pray that out of his glorious riches that he may strengthen you with power. And then he tells him how? Through his spirit. Where? In your inner being. Why? So that Christ may dwell in your hearts. Here it is, through faith. 
Paul prayed for them to have faith, to be strengthened in faith. And Paul isn't the only one that wanted us to stand strong in faith. In fact, Jesus himself, when he was speaking about his imminent return, said this, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith? Have you noticed in the life of Jesus that he oftentimes was looking for faith? In fact, he applauded people when they showcased faith. And when he expected to see it and he didn't, he reprimanded people. Oh, you have little faith. Oh, where was your faith? So here's the big question. If Paul prayed for faith, if Jesus, when he comes back, is going to be looking for faith, it's essential for us to understand what faith is. Michelle Anthony in the book, Spiritual Parenting, went back to the root word of faith, and she found three components. And this is our message today, three components of faith. First, it is a belief. Second, personal surrender, which leads to three, the corresponding conduct. In other words, the behavior, what life looks like. And it's the same breakdown of the book of Ephesians. Here's what you can believe. And then he prays, surrenders that ability so that we can behave in a way that makes sense of it. But see, the temptation and why this is so significant is because we oftentimes equate faith with just what we believe or with our good behavior. Nope, it's so much more. So where do we begin? We begin exactly where Paul does in the prayer. We believe that God can. We don't just have a general faith. We have a faith in God, which means that we have to believe God can. This is why Paul prays to God. Faith doesn't just begin with what we do, but, but by believing God is who he says he is, and he can do what he says he can do. This is why he prayed. In fact, one chapter earlier, another reason why he prays is because he understands something about faith that we fail to, and it's this, that faith is a gift. He writes about it, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Faith is a gift. He believed God can. In fact, when he goes about why he thinks God can, he starts by saying, and it's out of God's glorious riches, he prays, that out of God's glorious riches, he knows the wealth of God. In fact, have you ever met someone kind of wealthy? Not that we, of course, want to play favorites, but Have you ever noticed yourself talking to them a little bit differently because you're heightenedly aware of their influence? (laughs) Now think of what God is capable of. Paul believes God can answer his prayer to strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. God can. He can give you the strength you need. You don't just need to grab at a spiritual nugget or a truth moment or just a little bit of inspiration. He says, no, 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 you need to be strengthened with power in your inner being. Why your inner being? Why does Paul pray for the inner being, not our actions? Well, simple. I'll put it this way. A water bottle. Watch this. When shaken, what comes out of the water bottle? But watch out. This is one of the most profound illustrations. You're welcome in advance. Got on my shoes. <laughs> what came out of the water bottle? Water. If you thought water, you're thinking, good. Is it that simple? Yes, it is. Because here's the deal. Paul prays for the inner being because do you want to know what's in your being? In your inner being is what's 
coming out. In fact, if you're wondering what's in your inner being, what you need to have fixed is not what's coming out. You need to have fixed what's on the inside. Paul prays for our insight. So can I ask you, and maybe one way that you can think about it is by looking at your actions. If you want to know what's in your inner being, what's coming out these days? See, I shake the water bottle and we're talking about strength in a finding strength in this kind of shifty world. What's been coming out? Have you found yourself yelling more? Or maybe just living in extreme worry? See, Paul prays for our inner being because he knows that whatever's on our inside is going to come out whenever it's shook. If we want to have strength in a shaken world, we need to have Paul. We need to understand why Paul prayed for our inner being because that's precisely what we need. What do we need? We need to believe that God can strengthen us with power in our inner being so that what comes out is Christ. See, Paul prayed this specific thing. See, he prays for our inner being and then immediately explains why. Verse 17, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. First, we need to, like Paul, believe God can. Then, second part of faith, we must surrender our heart. You see, faith requires a personal surrender of whatever is in your heart. A surrender. Jesus even called us to surrender when he defined a discipleship in Mark chapter 8. He says, whoever wants to be my disciple must, ready for it? Look for surrender. Deny themselves. Take up their cross and follow me. You see, faith requires a surrender of whatever is in your heart. Why? So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Do you want spiritual strength? Believe God can, and then surrender everything in your heart to let Jesus dwell there instead. Why does Paul pray for the heart? Proverbs 4.23 specifically states it. It says, above all else, guard your heart. Because everything you do flows from it. Be mindful of what's on the inside because everything you do flows from it. Whatever you let on the inside comes out when you're shook. The key to faith that is oftentimes missed is surrender. Faith requires a surrender of anything that has your heart, even the good things. You see, as I was preparing this for Mother's Day, of course, heavy on my heart was my kid's. And as I thought about this, I thought, okay, so we're supposed to believe God can do anything, so we need to surrender anything in our heart. And I went, you know what's in my heart? My family. And I thought, what do I do? Do I surrender these little boys over? And what does that even look like? You see, surrender is an essential component in any part of faith and in passing on faith. Whether you're a parent or maybe you're someone that just wants to have impact in this world, surrender is essential. Let's look specifically at parenting on this Mother's Day. Michelle Anthony in her book, Spiritual Parenting, says this, because we can't manufacture faith, because we don't have the power to make our kids believe, and then we don't have the power to make our kids surrender, because we can't do that, it's no wonder parents focus instead on good behavior. While we may not be able to transform the inside, we sure can fixate on the outside behavior, and others will think our child has faith. She goes on to say, good behavior is the counterfeit to faith. Well, of course we want good behavior. Of course I want my my boys to behave in front of you all. Of course, when they're running around the church, I want them to behave. I want them to make good choices. But it's not faith. 
And if when Jesus comes back, he says, I'm going to be looking for faith. And if Paul prays for faith, there must be this through line of the thing that we actually need and the thing that we need to want for others. And if this is true, that we need to believe God can and then surrender our heart, this should change how we even parent or have impact on anyone. Let's look at parenting. You see, it's one thing for parents to say something like, Michelle clarifies, porn is bad, of course. And so we should put filters on our computer. By the way, that is very good and very necessary. In fact, we're going to attach a Kara Powell's cell phone contract. You're welcome. It's one thing for a parent to focus on the behavior. But having good behavior, remember, is the counterfeit to faith. Good behavior is not faith. It's a part of it, but it comes after belief and surrender. So imagine this instead. If this is the definition of faith, and if faith is the one thing that our kids need, then imagine the scenario looking a little different, not just pointing to the actions, not just pointing to good behavior and saying, this is what you do and this is what you don't. Imagine if a dad would look at his son, and this was the conversation. Instead of, this is right, this is wrong, this is what it looks like to be a Christian, and this is what it looks like not to. What if he says this? Hey, son, we live in a sexually charged world. And every day on television and magazines, I'm tempted and sometimes I fail. Here's how I get through it. I surrender. And then he models what it looks like. How do you think his son would respond? Dad understands. I'm not alone in this. You see, without modeling faith, we end up just giving an end behavior. This is wrong and make faith solely about good and bad behavior, good and bad choices, which, by the way, will lead to a bunch of kids hiding because they, of course, don't want to disappoint mom and dad. Without belief and surrender, the result is just good behavior, not faith. But if you want to pass on faith, whether it's to your kids or to anyone else, it begins with you. You have to believe God can. You have to surrender your heart. You have to move and ask God to move in you so that you can, point three, live like Christ. Believe God can surrender your heart so that you can live like Christ. You see, faith is not just good behavior. It's belief and surrender, which leads to living like Christ, which is good behavior. I got to tell you as someone standing before you. I don't want you just to see my good choices. I don't even want to just tell stories of my biggest successes. I want you to see faith in me. I want you to see what I believe, and I want you to see what's required. I want you to see the surrender so that, part three, Christ can be seen in my actions. That's why Paul prays that Christ would dwell so that whenever we're shook, Christ can appear through us. And you have to get this, because otherwise we'll make our entire faith just about a bunch of good choices and bad choices. And to be honest, making a bunch of good choices and seeming perfect to our neighbors won't transform them. It's having a belief in God, praying because you trust that he can, you can't. Then you surrender anything that has your heart and trust him with it. And then when you find yourself shook, Christ can appear. Friends, this message, this definition of faith has changed me specifically in every area of my life, but specifically in parenting. I see my little boy, Foster, he's four and a half, and he clarifies, and a half all the time. Uh, he recently, we caught him lying, and it was so sad. And me and my husband looked at each other, and we're like, go, you know, go hang in your room, we'll meet you there. And I was just so bummed. 
I really was. I was disappointed in him. Why did he choose a lie? It was a silly lie that ended up becoming this big thing. And so me and my husband kind of looked at each other and scanned each other. Who feels more spiritual in this moment? Who's ready? And he's like, I'm ready. I'm like, okay, good. And we like high five and he goes in the room. And I just kind of sat there and listened. And I could tell whatever my husband doing was doing, although he was remaining calm, just seemed to kind of, my, my little boy just kept ramping up. And it wasn't my husband. He was just remaining calm. But my little boy was just having more of a tantrum, more of a tantrum. It was almost like he was just ashamed of his actions. And suddenly my husband kind of like peers out the door and I'm like, my turn, you know, and so I go in and I tried everything that I normally would. I tried distraction, like, here's your stuffed moose. Here's this. Hey, let's do this. Do you want to do this? Do you want to go play? Trying to just, just distract his mind, trying to fix the problem like a parent should, right? And I thought, this is what it looks like to pass faith on to the next generation, to my boys, to fix him, right? And I tried and it wasn't working. And I remember sitting down as he was crying, screaming, super out of control. I sat down in the room And I considered this definition of faith. And it led me to follow Paul's example, and I began to pray. I prayed out loud so he could hear me. He knew I was doing something productive. I started with, oh, God, thank you for my little boy. What are you trying to reveal about me? It wasn't just that I was angry or annoyed. I was just sad, and I realized God may even want to use that, too. I was sad, God, what do you want to reveal about me? And in that moment, God brought to my heart how easy it is for me to lie. And I don't know why. I sometimes exaggerate stories. And I sometimes just, I've told just random lies. And to be honest with you, it's not something I'm proud of. I don't want to stand before you and go, hey, so, uh, new pastor, I'm a liar. Of course not. What I want to stand before you and is, I don't just want to model for you good behavior. I want to model faith which means I need to surrender some of the ways that I am naturally and in my human flesh. I try to fix my son, not lead him through faith. I try to fix myself, not come through confession. I try to do all the different things on my own. And friends, maybe you're like that in this season, just trying to control. I followed Paul's prayer and I began to pray. But before I prayed it for, before I prayed for God to change my son's behavior, I asked God to change me. And he started to bring all the reasons I tend to lie to look important, to look impressive. He started breaking my heart for my own sin. And suddenly I looked at my little boy and I go, buddy, I lied too. That was the first thing that it got his attention. He said, what? I said, buddy, I lied too, and I don't know why I lie. I don't, know, I don't get it. I don't get, I don't get why I lie. I don't, I don't want to be angry. I don't want to lie. I, I, I lied too, buddy. I lied too. I lied too. And suddenly my little boy went from screaming to paying attention because suddenly he saw someone that had precisely what he needed. Awareness to say, I'm not perfect, but I need something greater than myself. I lied too. You see, God didn't just transform my boy's actions, he transformed me into compassion, which looked a lot like Christ to my boy. And it was my compassion that drew my little boy into my presence. And friends, Christ is compassionate to you too. And he's wanting to draw you in. He's wanting to bring you close. You see the picture that I have at the end of that moment with my little boys. We're both, we're both like hugging and I'm going, do you understand why you lie? He's like, I don't get it either. I'm like, mommy does too. But we can run to God's grace. And with tears in both of our little eyes, we just held each other because we understood that we both just need more faith and we prayed for God to do it. 
Christian, I invite you to step from simply believing to surrendering, to open yourself up to the prayer from Paul to be strengthened with power in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your heart through faith. So the moment you're shook, Christ can appear appear through you. Because guess what your family needs? Guess what your neighbors need? They don't need to be impressed with you. They simply need him. Paul prayed that we may have strength in our inner being so that Christ may dwell there so that when we're shook, people can meet Jesus through us. And if you've never been deeply transformed in your inner being, the prayer continues. And the prayer that Paul prays basically goes on to say that God loves you and he's crazy about you. Talks about the width of God's love is so wide, it doesn't matter what you've done or where you've been. It's, his love is so long, it doesn't matter where you go, he'll refuse to let you go. His love is so high, he's preparing a place for you. It's so deep that it wants to remind you how far Jesus descended in order to get you See, Jesus was equal with God. He emptied himself of his reputation and didn't just come to earth as a man. He went to the cross on your behalf. He died and took the wrath you deserved. He rose from the grave and then ascended into heaven and gave us his Holy Spirit to dwell with those who have faith, not just belief. Will you surrender your self-righteousness, your effort to try to be good enough, and maybe the control of everything in your heart? Surrender your life. Believe God can. Surrender your life and watch his Holy Spirit strengthen you in your inner being so that when you're shook, Christ can appear through you. Heavenly Father, I pray to you who can do immeasurably more than all I ask or even could imagine. Be glorified in us, we pray. And all God's children said, amen. Willow, it's so good to be with you all. I hope and pray that this prayer can become a model for us on how to ask God to do the thing in us that we need and also how we can lead others toward faith. Believing God can, surrendering our heart so that we might live like Christ. Be blessed, Willow. We'll see you next week.